Fraud is a constant headache for the states of Jersey police. Recently, a spate of Facebook property scams saw £22,000 stolen from Islanders with one family left homeless. Just the other week, the States of Jersey police announced that Islanders had lost £600,000 to a series of cryptocurrency scams, with one family losing £200,000, their entire life savings. In this episode of Bailiwick Podcasts, I, Charlie Flynn, am joined by Investigating Officer Faith Shalamon, a financial investigator with the Joint Financial Crimes Unit, and Chief Inspector Chris Beachy, the Chair of the Jersey Fraud Prevention Forum. We discuss the murky world of scammers, the impact they can have on everyday people, and just how challenging it can be to police this ever-evolving, truly global kind of crime. So just to start off with, I don't know whether it's worth you introducing sort of who you are and what you do. Okay, I'm, uh, my name is Faith Shalaman. I'm a financial investigator in the financial crimes department at the police station. Previous to that, I was a, a detective in the police uh, for 30 years, and I've just moved over now as a civilian investigator. Uh, and Chris Beachy, so uh, a chief inspector with the organisation. Uh, one of my uh, sort of responsibilities uh, is linked to uh, cyber crime, cyber prevention, digital crime, uh, that uh, type of offence that sort of hits our, our radar. Uh, I'm also chair of the Jersey Fraud Prevention Forum, which hopefully you've heard about in terms of a group of organisations locally that, that does everything it possibly can to, to prevent um, all of these types of fraud. Um, and I have, um, uh, similar to, to Faith, uh, sort of 27, 28 years uh, uh, in policing. And did you both start, um, you know, off-island or...? I No, I joined the police in Jersey um, when I was very young and I just worked my way through. Um, to now being a civilian investigator. I think, Chris, you were off Ireland to start with, weren't you? Yeah, I spent the first three years in Avon Somerset Police, uh, came over here, um, and actually um, the two of us paired a car uh, for a period of time on um, A-shift. In the early days, yeah. Yeah, uh, a <laughs> long, long time ago. When you were so, PCs uh, on shift. Absolutely. <laughs> so the reason we, we've got you here is... Um, because you're both kind of intimately involved with uh, fraud in Jersey. So, I mean, I don't know whether to start off with. It might be quite a general question, but I thought it might be worth uh, asking, what is fraud? Fraud, I guess basically fraud is when um, somebody, i.e. the fraudster, perpetrator, makes a false representation to somebody and induces that person to hand over money, assets, um, that's a very simple way of defining fraud, but it's, it's a bit more complex than that because there are very there are very different areas of the fraud definition. But that's it simply, when you're defrauding somebody of their money, their assets, their property. And I think linked into that, what we generally see on the island, and, well, any jurisdiction sees this, is there's almost sort of two broad buckets. You've got the types of frauds and scams that um, the the perpetrator is looking for a sort of an instant response to, so they're trying to increase pressure. They're, they're, they're telling the person, you've got to do this right now. Uh, and they present a set of circumstances where the person feels forced in, into doing something and giving over the money or personal data straight away. Mm. Then you've got those sort of longer term type scenarios where um, an individual or a group is prepared to spend time grooming mm. someone, which is where we sort of head into sort of the romance type scenarios. So two broad buckets, um, quick and quick and easy um, where they try, where the fraudsters will try and do little and often in order to get 
you know, sums of money and then the, the more organised type yeah. of fraud um, that could take months, if not years, to get to a point where someone then hands over a, you know, a huge sum, mm-hmm. uh, their life savings. We see yeah. all, all of these type of scenarios. Yeah. So I suppose in, in Jersey recently, we've kind of seen three broad types of scams have emerged recently. So we've had the online sort of Facebook property scams, which um, we've, we've written about. Um, there's also been these uh, series of cryptocurrency scams, which have been particularly devastating. And also there's kind of this ever-present thing of, of a romance scams, which, which are particularly bizarre to me. Um, so I don't know whether it might be worth um, just kind of chatting through each of those in turn. So I, I suppose we'll start with the property scams. So I don't know whether it might be worth you kind of telling us kind of what they are and how they came about um, on your radar. Well, to be to be to be honest, the, the, there's an endless list of scams that are out there, mm. online scams um, that people are falling victim to. Um, you know, from like you say, romance scams, uh, crypto scams. You've got investment scams. Uh, you name it, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, particularly the property the property scams that we've been dealing with. Um, well, I personally am dealing with the property scams um, in my role, and over the last two years, we've taken. Well over 26 individual complaints, um, totaling over £22,000. Um, and I am actively investigating that, and um, we'll, we'll see where we go. I wonder whether it might be worth you spelling out sort of how those work, just for the, the benefit of everyone listening. Well, the ones I've seen and the ones I'm dealing with is um, you people will understand on Facebook, social media, there's platforms, Jersey Rentals, there's um, rental uh, pages that you can go on. And you know as well as I do, the housing situation in Jersey is is not very good at the moment. People are desperate for housing, particularly people with no qualifications. So if a property comes up on one of these pages and they're interested and it's at a good price, they will message straight away and um, and they and then they will start um, speaking to the person who's holding that profile, um, usually by messenger on Facebook. Most that's most of what I've seen. It's usually done via Facebook. Um, it was initially done via the um, Jersey Insight. Um, but they've placed warnings and things on their page now, so they've moved over more so to, to Facebook. And, yeah, and that's how they do it. Um, they, they start engaging with the victim via Messenger. Um, they gain their trust. It's very quick. Like Chris said earlier, it's a quick scam. Um, they'll say to the, um, to the victim, uh, we have 30 people interested in this property, mm. which is quite usual in Jersey. Um, if you want to secure this property, you need to pay a deposit. Mm. And that deposit will usually be one month's rent. And you know as well as I do that a one month's rent can be £1,000 um, just for a basic, you know, studio, one bedroom flat. Um, and these people are so desperate, they hand over the money before seeing the property. And unfortunately, as soon as they, they, they hand over the money, um, they're blocked and the money's gone. Um, and it's as simple as that. Um, but the good thing is, um, you know, we've got a good community here in Jersey and people are becoming wise to these scammers now. So when these scammers come up and they pop up on Facebook, you get a lot of people warning others, don't engage with this person. He's a scammer or she's a scammer. We're aware of this. Don't do it. So what they're doing now is they're taking the comment um, section off. So people can't comment on the post. All they can do is directly message the the person who's holding that, that page, um, that profile. Um, so it's a direct message, and and that worries me because then the the people out there, the victims, there's no way of warning them that this person is a fraudster. Um, so yeah, um, that's sort of where we are with them. Just to, I, mean, I think, and that's one of the the, the key points there that Faith uh, makes is that uh, fraudsters will try and take you away from common platforms. Uh, mm. And that's one of the the warning signs that we would always say to people if if very early in your conversation. 
whether whether you're looking for um, partnership, whether you're you know you've gone onto a particular type of site, whether you're looking for accommodation, if very early in the conversation the the individual is suggesting that you go to a different location to have a conversation, or you go to a different site, or you hit a link, that has to be a warning sign for people because of course if it was legitimate Mm. then there should be absolutely no problem with continuing the conversation Mm. continuing the chat about the particular rental you know on that space where other Mm. people can see it the minute someone says look just for ease let's keep the conversation going but let's go here that has to be something that should be a red flag in someone's Mm. mind to go that doesn't feel quite right Mm. but of course it's getting that message out as faith says fraudsters play on emotions um they, they Generally, what we will see is that the same tactics are used uh, irrespective of the, the particular type of fraud. It, it just so happens at the moment, as, as, as Faith rightly points out, housing is at a premium in Jersey. Yeah. So the fraudsters will think, here's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, It happens to be to do with housing. We will create some urgency. We will say, if you don't get this, 30 other people are going to get it. So they're immediately playing on that emotion. The person feels forced into doing something and will become will become rash and will just mm. do something that they wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. And when they look back on it, of course, it's then that embarrassment. Yeah. Why did I do that? You know, I, I knew that was wrong at the time. I instinctively felt it was wrong, but I felt I had to. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. Mm. Then, of course, many people don't tell us. They're so embarrassed, we don't get to hear. Mm. 27 or 26, I can't remember what you said, is yeah. probably the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's hundreds of these, mm. but the vast majority of people won't put their hands up because of the embarrassment they feel when getting caught. And that's sort of a message that I want to get across today, is if there is anybody out there that's been a victim of any scam, they need to report it, because we need to be able to build up that picture and be able to analyse what's actually going on out there. Because if they don't report it, we don't know. And sorry to jump in, Um, again, a good point was the the community, the opportunities here in Jersey, um, genuinely feel, uh, and, and, and talking to colleagues elsewhere, you know, our jurisdiction has that, Real opportunity. Mention the Jersey Fraud Prevention Forum. You tell one of us mm. uh, around the forum and we can get a message out to effectively everyone in Jersey extremely quickly. That doesn't happen anywhere else. Um, so we ask people to tell us, even if, if they you know just want to provide the basic details and, and, and don't want to sort of go into the full detail, but just letting us know that there is a rental scam currently mm. happening and this is the site to avoid. That message can get out to the... There's 33,000 followers on the Jersey Police Facebook page. Mm. You know, that's a third of the community. We can get a message straight out saying avoid this. And so it's all about, um, you know, telling us that helps us to protect other people. Yeah. I wonder if you could just kind of very briefly spell out what the Jersey Fraud Prevention Forum actually is. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, it was a, um, a voluntary group set up uh, probably seven or eight years ago now um, to look at uh, the opportunities that we have locally to protect the community and, and, and protect the general public from frauds and scams. We have representatives from uh, from banking. Uh, we have the three service providers. We have uh, Consumer Council, uh, Office of the Information Commissioner. We have the uh, JFSC. Effectively, anyone... Uh, that we believe has a point of contact with the public and so can get messages out swiftly. Our, our sole aim is to uh, point uh, the public uh, in the right direction to get advice and guidance. So the Fraud Prevention Forum has a, has a website uh, and on that, that single page are um, trusted links uh, that we would ask the public 
to use when they're looking for advice and guidance. Uh, and then as importantly, if someone finds that they have either been the victim of uh, a fraud or a scam, uh, or indeed have picked up something that would suggest that that is, you know, could happen to them, also, to tell us. Mm-hmm. Tell any individual member of the forum who can then get the message out very, very swiftly um, and, and, and within a matter of hours can get that out to the broader community. Mm-hmm. Something that's happened over the last sort of, few years. So when um, the fact that the island effectively has... Um, three service providers that deals with all communication traffic that comes into the island. Um, if there is a telephone number now that we know is linked to a fraud or a scam, the three providers can block that number uh, within a matter of minutes, which prevents the fraud to then making further phone calls. So these are the type of um, opportunities that we have locally um, in a small community with all the right people around the table to get messages out mm. fast. I mean, I imagine it must make their job sort of significantly harder if, if they're... Um you know, trying to to defraud people in a particularly small community where everyone is aware of it. Well, you say that, um, but these fraudsters, um, when we call them fraudsters, you know, we're not looking at one particular person here. We're dealing with organised crime groups um, throughout the UK and internationally, um, and they're very good at what they do, and they will target all sectors of our community, all sectors of our society. Like Chris said earlier, our main aim now is really to get in there, educate and disrupt what these fraudsters are doing. Um, and try and get the message out. I mean, it's interesting, you were saying before that a lot of people are often kind of embarrassed to come forward about these kinds of things, and I I imagine that's especially the case with um, things like romance scams. Um, So I don't know whether it might be worth you sort of explaining sort of how those work and and, and how those kind of operate. Well, basically, um, with a romance scam, um, you know, it does tend to target the more vulnerable people. Um, But not always, but obviously everyone knows, you know, there's dating websites... People will go onto dating websites to, to for company, um, and they'll link up with with sometimes with a fraudster. And um, the warning signs you have to look out for um, when it comes to romance scams is they will move really quickly. They will start. They will want to move, as Chris said earlier, onto sort of a WhatsApp platform, um, and they'll start with really quick messages, and it will be be consistent and the. And the fraudster will say um, they will be become quite intimate quickly, mm. and they will say they have strong feelings for that person. Sometimes only after a couple of conversations. Now, what will happen then is as that conversa- as that relationship progresses, the victim then starts to trust the person more and more, and believes what they've got to say, and um, and they start to f- their self worth goes up. They feel wanted. They feel loved, and they believe what this person's telling them. And um, eventually, in my experience, what happens then is the scammer will. Um, say my bank account's blocked um, there's a medical emergency um, I can't get my hands on any money can you help me out can you send me some money and um, that tends to be their typical sort of romance fraud and then over time um, a victim can lose a lot of money a lot of money um, and it's very difficult to to explain to somebody that they've been the victim of a romance scam which is what Chris explained earlier because of the embarrassment and the hurt um, that is behind that um, but also as well, we need to realise that some of these um, fraudsters are, they're not, they're not trying to um, elicit money for their own personal gain. What they try and do sometimes, and people need to be aware of this, is they try and encourage the person that they've befriended to allow their bank accounts to be used to launder criminal funds through. Um, so they will say, oh, my bank account's been blocked, Can, um, and I really need your help. Um, can you please, um, I, I'm going to get someone to transfer you some money say, for example, 20000 can you transfer it onto this account? 
and they are unwittingly then um, money laundering and they are facilitating the flow of criminal funds. Um, and that's another area that, that um, we're seeing as well now um, because money laundering is, is huge yeah. and there's a process. You know, A lot of the money laundering that I'm dealing with, um, fraudulent funds go th- over to the UK and very quickly it's dissipated throughout um, internationally and it's, it's just the way uh, the money flows. The, um, I think that the dating sites were a godsend for yeah. fraudsters. <laughs> you know, they probably couldn't believe their their eyes and ears mm. when these things started to develop. Again, it's uh, a different environment, same methods. Let's play on emotions. Mm. Um, you know, the the advice and guidance that we we then have to use in in those particular circumstances, as as you do with most sort of frauds and scams, is you know it. it it's quite sad, but we're asking people to be suspicious. Mm. We're asking people to be really, really cautious. Which, again, in, in Jersey, um, if you were a fraudster looking at Jersey, it's a low-crime environment. Mm. You know, very little happens on our island in general terms compared to other jurisdictions. So if you're a fraudster elsewhere thinking, you know, that type of community is very trusting. Mm. Uh, we are. You know, we, we, um, we, we openly promote Jersey as being a safe environment, which it is. Uh, don't get me wrong, it is. Um, however, that does feed into uh, a fraudster's plan uh, on the basis it, it's very difficult for us to uh, then convince people to be suspicious and cautious when they're dealing with you know, um, someone in a, on, on a... You know, people go to dating sites to trust people. That's what they want to do. They're looking mm. for companionship. So they're immediately in the mindset of, um, in many respects, not really dialing into what the other person is saying they're there for one they're there they're there for companionship aren't they and 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 others Uh, and so the fraudster has immediately got that that hook Mm. so we ask people to be suspicious and cautious we ask people to talk to people um if um, you know someone finds themselves um that the relationship is 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 accelerating beyond that they would normally have expected to do um, rather than you know continuing and trying to deal with it themselves, of course our advice would always be talk to friends and family, um, and we and we see that where you know if that happens, the the penny may then drop in those particular circumstances, and some people are disrupted. We know that some some are not, uh, and some get uh, caught very very quickly, uh, and despite family and friends telling the people outright this is a this is a this is a fraudster, mm-hmm. they often don't don't believe you Um, but again that's because of the emotions isn't it they're they're hooked Um, but our general advice and guidance around romance would be take your time take your time don't get drawn into um, other uh, locations and and other platforms that that faith spoke about and if you are able to if you feel able to speak to your fan you know your friends and family about the developing relationship because it may be that someone who is not as emotionally involved will be able to go that doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, that isn't what normally happens. You need to think about that. Yeah. And then hopefully the person can sort of reevaluate where they are. I mean, there's, there's various red flags that come up when it comes to romance scams. And one of the big red flags is um, moving really quickly, mm. um, you know, declaring your undying love after three days. Yeah. And, um, and then asking the person for money, talking mm. about money, talking about investments, anything that has to do with bank accounts or money, yeah. it's a big red flag. Yeah. And yeah. you mentioned it before, but mm. it is important. There's always a backstory. There's always, I've got a problem. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's, I can't believe this is happening to me at this moment in time. How can you help? Yeah. Um, there's always something there. 
Um, there will be those that you know really in it for the long game. Um, and I, I spoke about uh, you know uh, swift or, or, or quick scams and then long term grooming, and, and that does happen. And you know we, you can be looking at months. Uh, where a person gets into position before they can start asking for money. More often than not, though, Faith is absolutely right. It'll get round to a money conversation because these are these are little and oftens. They will be probably speaking to dozens of people on Jersey at any one time. And if one of them works out, then that's great. And then they'll just move on to something else. So um, it's it's yeah. Make decisions quickly. Trying to encourage people to do that. Um, but yeah, if you st- if if you possibly can stick to the you know, talk to family and friends, stay on the platform and be cautious. Mm. Um, it puts you in a strong position. I mean, I think one of the things that's, that's kind of the most shocking to me is, is you know, we all get sort of scam phone calls or scam text messages that are kind of, you know, out of the blue, just saying, oh, you know, give me your bank details, whatever. And, you know, it can be quite easy to spot. But I think the thing that, that's really shocked me since looking into these kinds of things is, is the level of commitment that a lot of these scammers will go into. I mean, you know, they're, they're completely... You know, take over a person's life They're, they are absolutely um, relentless um, and once they get their hook into someone they don't give up mm-hmm. and even when the victim realises they've been scammed and, re- and they come to report it to us um, the scam is still there still trying to ring mm-hmm. still trying to elicit money out of them um, they don't care about their victim yeah. they have they don't care at all whether the victim's young old you know um, wealthy they've got children whether they don't care they will target anybody they can to get money, um, and it's and it's awful. Um, it really is. You know, um, it's 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 a horrible thing that these victims um, suffer. Um, so if we can get the word out there, uh, all the better. So I mean, we've been talking about the the, the, the property scams and and um, you know the the romance scams, and those all seem to be targeted at kind of particularly vulnerable. Um, people but obviously the last one we've got left to talk about is the cryptocurrency scams and you know those almost seem like um you know they're at the complete other end of the spectrum i mean the cryptocurrency scam current the cryptocurrency scams um i mean i'm not a cryptocurrency expert by any means um i mean it's a lot of people don't really understand how crypto works um but basically what's happening is um and i think with the economic climate recently is people haven't been making money on their money and everyone's looking for somewhere to put their money where they're going to earn interest. They're going to earn money on their money. And um, what's happening is some of these um, victims are on Facebook. Everyone seems to be on Facebook. And there's a, there's a, a platform for, a, a, you know, making money through cryptocurrency. And they register on online. Um, and straight away, a financial advisor stroke fraudster um, makes contact with them and um, literally gains their trust. This is what we've spoken about before. Um, you know, um, they move on and then eventually they encourage them to transfer their money into crypto, onto a crypto exchange platform. And um, and then the fraudster will take control of that because the person who's investing doesn't really understand the way crypto works. Um, and what will happen is the fraudster, financial advisor, will then come back, say, you've made all this money. You know, you're going to double your money, make it sound really profitable. And um, the victim becomes really positive about it. They want to put more and more money in. I mean, we had a family recently who lost just um, over £200,000. And this family was not wealthy by any means. Mm-hmm. They got sucked in, um, unfortunately, and um, and they've lost their money. The money went into crypto and the fraudsters were able to get hold of that and transfer it out. And um, for us as um, law enforcement, it's very difficult to follow that flow of money. Um, so our goal, our, you know, it's really important for us to 
try and disrupt the fraudster initially because trying to investigate that is very difficult because you're dealing with people nationally, internationally, bank accounts nationally, internationally. And for us to be able to follow that flow of money is, is really difficult. I mean, we try our best and we do what we can. You know, we are linked into Action Fraud in the UK, who are the um, sort of the UK centre for reporting fraud and, and cybercrime. I'm probably going a bit technical here, but that's linked into the NFIB, the National Fraud Intelligence Bureau, which we have good links with. Um, so any information we get about UK offending, we build up that evidential picture and send it over to them. Oh, okay. And then it's transferred to whichever force. But it's a, it's a process that takes time. Money can be transferred in an instant. You know, you transfer money in Jersey one day and it's in Hong Kong the next, or any jurisdiction. Um, you know, it's difficult. And, and the challenges with that, uh, of course, because um, a lot of these frauds and scams that we've spoken about has, has a controlling element behind it, an, an organised group behind it. Um, the, the technology is such that the, if the transaction happens to be rooted through an unfriendly jurisdiction in the world, yeah. then trying to get that information back is... is uh, often uh, nigh on him, nigh on impossible. Um, the, the the thing with it, it's so easy for us to sit here and say, you know, if something looks too good to be true, um, then it genu- generally is. Uh, and th- this is exactly that that situation. Uh, you know, Faith has described it very well. Uh, people are people are struggling. People, um, mm. you know, are, are really uh, struggling to sort of make ends meet. Um, but again, it's the situation that is. Um, has, has over the last couple of years opened up for the fraudsters. Yeah. They they see this opportunity. There are lots of people out there that are, you know, looking for um, a, a, a way to provide a better future for mm. themselves, and uh, and and it provides a, a, the perfect breeding ground for a fraudster who it's that it's that hook. You know, someone says you're going to double your money. You 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 just don't double your money. You 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 can't do that. Yeah. Um, if a fraudster says you're going to make 1% on your investment, no one's going to join up to it. Yeah. That's that's not <laughs> what they do. You know, they they look for that emotional link um, that suddenly puts, you know, someone who is struggling into a point and 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 face absolutely right. No, this is these are not just people who've got money to to lose that will someone's got lots and lots of money, they will do their um, yeah. they will do their checks, they will do their balances, they will they will you know, really understand crypto before they invest in it. These are people who are looking for that, a, a, a desperate and, and, you know, have to make some money or, or really need some money. They're the ones that the fraudsters are after. Yeah. You know, they're not after people with lots of money. They're after with people who mm. are prepared to take a chance. Uh, and that's where it gets really, really dangerous. Yeah, I just want to, um, cut in there if you don't mind, talking about that where people, um, you know, will hand over everything. We've had examples of where the fraudsters have encourage the victims to go to a local um, loan company, get loans out, take that money and invest that in and send it, and they've lost that, borrow money from friends and family. The fraudsters even tell the victim how to lie, give them a list of excuses as to why they need the money so they're not telling the person that they need it to, to invest into crypto, obviously. It's um, it's shocking, the, the ends that these people will go to. But like I said earlier, they don't care. They'll do whatever they can to get the money. And they don't care who they hurt. They don't care who it impacts. Um, they just want to elicit as much money as they can, unfortunately. I mean, it, it kind of seems to me that, um, you know, different frauds and, and different scams and things like that sort of tend to respond to the different sort of pressures that people are under, you know, the economic pressures or, or social pressures. I mean, I don't know how, you, how true you think that is. 
recently, obviously, like I mentioned before, people weren't getting much return on, on their money. The interest rates were very low. Um, so people were looking to make, some people were looking to make, you know, a quick buck, so to speak. So there were people out there, um, you know, had a little bit of money they wanted to invest. And also people have got to be aware of investment frauds where you have cloned websites online, um, very professional looking. Um, you know, it has all the information on there you need as an investor. And if you don't do your homework properly, you're going to get caught. Because what happens is you, you register online on, on this very professional looking website. Again, a financial advisor will call you, stroke fraudster. Um, really professional, send you um, authentic looking documents, emails, um, they'll telephone um, they'll, they'll telephone you, you can have conversations on the phone um, and eventually over a period of time the person believes that they're investing say 20000 into this investment bond um, and it's not, it's a fraudulent bank account and the money's gone um, and you know sometimes these are professional people that are getting caught out You've got to do your homework. You've got to check on the um, FCA website um, because they have warnings and it updates regularly. So if there's a, um, if there's a bogus website, uh, and there's loads of them out there, I mean, it's endless. Um, there w will sometimes be warnings on the FCA website, website, what to look out for. When you're looking at the website, look at the address. Um, Google the address, see if it corresponds with, with the business. Do your research, do your homework. And like Chris said earlier, get some financial advice from um, a reputable financial advisor. Um, think twice, you know, think every step of the way, just research everything. Um, because everywhere you look, there seems to be a fraudster or a scammer somewhere. That's how I feel, but that's probably because I'm dealing with it every day. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. And, and, and your point about trends is, is, is well made or, or sort of situations that, that may be happening from time to time. So, for example, um, covid uh, yeah. Lots of frauds and scams around COVID. Um, uh, Turkey and Syria earthquakes. Mm. Um, you know frauds and scams uh, around that sort of situation. So again, it's but it's going back to that those emotions. It's playing on people's emotions. Mm. Um, and and of course, if you are if you are often what happens is that the the fraudsters, the groups, um, they there are thousands of of these happening. Um, all automatic, so you know the the the, the organised crime groups will have the opportunity to to fish. You've, we've all heard of phishing, mm -hmm. so it, it, it's getting thousands and thousands of hooks out there on any particular situation, hoping to catch mm -hmm. a couple. So, um, and you can change this on a on a daily basis. So we know that fraudsters look at the news; they they see world situations, and then we'll just ad adapt the model mm -hmm. to fit that particular scenario fire out thousands and thousands of requests um, and it's the little and often scam that, that people will mm. and, and then they won't even think about the fact that they've been scammed they might you know pass five pound or ten pound onto uh, onto this effort they may never know that their yeah. ten pound has gone straight into a you know a fraudulent bank they will think that they are doing good mm. um, but in the general scheme of things they won't so it's going back to what faith mm. says it's check everything you know, you, you have to be suspicious. You have to look for... So if, for example, uh, there were an earthquake appeal linked to Turkey and Syria, it's about doing your homework and you finding mm. the official appeal as opposed to responding to something. Mm. This is one of the, the, the rules of thumb, is that change the communication. If you receive something saying, um, uh, you know, play your part in the, in, in, in the, in the Syria earthquake appeal, uh, go to this link and pay now. 
think, okay, I really want to do something about that. I really do want to help. So forget that piece of communication. Go on to Google or whatever mm. and look up earthquake appeals, official earthquake appeals. Mm. Find the official appeal and, and, yeah. and put your money in that way. Do not try and avoid responding to those um, links that suddenly pop up mm. in, in your browsers. Um, if you really want to do something and you really want to give money away, which is admirable, by the way, and I think that's you know, really, really mm. positive, do your own research and, and make the donation in, you know, in your way through the official re- website as opposed to responding to, to requests. Mm. Yeah. I think it's kind of shocking to me that these kinds of frauds and these kinds of scams are sort of lurking in places where you would never expect them. You know, they're, they're on dating apps, they're on you know, Facebook. It's just bizarre. It, 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 unfortunately, it's a, it's a part of everyday life now. Um, and as you say, they, you know, everywhere you turn, there will be individuals seeking to exploit. They're, they're looking for two things. They're looking for personal information mm-hmm. that can then be used by the, the groups to, uh, for a whole range of purposes, but they're also then looking for your money. Um, and so anything at all that seeks to um, gain either your personal information or your bank account details or indeed your money, mm. you really should be thinking, you know, is this legit? Um, so, for example, uh, lots of frauds and scams appear to come from legitimate companies, um, you know, from from your bank or, uh, you know, appears to come from your bank or appears to come from a, a reputable organisation. Reputable organisations don't uh, ask for your personal details. Mm. They don't ask for your money. In your, they know it. They already know what your details are. Why would they be asking you for it? You know, that's the sort of thing you have to think about. So if you are in any doubt at all, if you are contacted by your bank or you're contacted by um, HMIC is a, is a great one. You know, HMIC would never contact you and ask for your personal details. Yeah. And, you know, so if you are concerned or worried at all, stop the communication, go and Google HMIC official website and contact them that way. Yeah. Change the communication because yeah. reputable companies don't ask for this information. Obviously, you've both been in the in the business an awfully long time, and how have these things changed over over kind of your careers? Frauds are reported regularly. Um, we have a large team of officers that are working on a daily basis with local, national, international money laundering and frauds. Um, when I joined the job, it, there was it was a very small team, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, the evolution of the online, um, you know, the World Wide Web. I mean, that's just opened it up. Tele- online banking. Mm. Um, I mean, like you can you can transfer a large amount of money instantly. Um, you can clear out someone's bank account really quickly. You couldn't do that thirty years ago. Mm. It's a lot more difficult. Mm. So I just think it's just the evolution of technology that's made um, it a lot easier for for fraudsters to defraud people. Mm. Um, unfortunately, and you know, it's it, I, we just it's, I just feel like we're just chasing all the time. Because once you deal with something, then something new comes along, um, and you're always chasing that next, next sort of offence that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But um, but we're all, you know, we're all qualified. We're all trained. You know, we we we're, we're trained up in. We are getting trained up in crypto. I mean, I, I personally find the whole crypto um, currency um, evolution quite confusing. Mm-hmm. But actually, when you break it down and you actually look at it and, and you're taught it, it's quite simple, <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. Um, but that's something that I'm learning personally. Um, and uh, yeah, so. I, I think I'd echo exactly what, what Faith has said. I think it's the, what, what is uh, absolutely 
uh, sort of blatant now is that the opportunities for fraudsters are far greater than they ever were. Um, you know, we shouldn't forget that 20, 30 years ago, a lot of frauds were committed by, you know, people knocking on doors, yeah. and that still happens. You know, we, we had some people on, on the island recently knocking on doors. Yeah. That still happens. Then we moved into, you know, telephone scams and frauds. Um, that still happens. Um, we know, uh, you only have to sort of watch Panorama and, and various, you know, other documentaries, that there are banks of telephone operators in unfriendly jurisdictions that are sitting there uh, and just chancing their luck, you know, making phone calls to Jersey that happen to to route into Jersey, someone will happen to pick up the phone and then they have their script mm. and they will read their script. The script is is very convincing, is very authentic. They will try and create urgency. They will, you know, they will they will tell the person, don't hang up because you know this money is moving from your account as we speak. We have mm. to stop it. You know, I'm an official person. You can phone this number. Well, why, why would you phone the number that they've given you? Because it's their person sat next to them in the mm. in the room. You know, so telephone frauds still happen. And then, of course, you, as I said, you know, it, it, it has absolutely exploded with the advent of the, of the Internet. Internet is a wonderful thing. Um, however, it has just provided a playground for, for fraudsters and scammers. Uh, and, and all that we can do um, is to continue to develop as an organisation. Um, I mean, our, our financial intelligence unit and financial crime unit is the largest department we have in the organisation. Um, so we continue to develop everyone that works in that department. Um, and on occasion, we get fantastic results mm. in terms of tracing money, returning money, um, preventing frauds, providing bodies of evidence that then enables either UK uh, law enforcement or worldwide mm. law enforcement to, to bring down these groups. Jersey plays its absolute part in that, and we will continue to do so. Um, however, the... The, the volume that we're having to deal with means that we have to spend as much time, if not more time, on the prevention mm. uh, than we can on the enforcement. Uh, a, a cybercrime lead in the UK uh, many years ago um, said, you know, this, the reality of the situation is it's now impossible to investigate our way out of this. Mm. We have to, you know, we have to really focus on, on prevention. Um, and that is what we do. Uh, whilst at the same time having the resources in place that if someone finds themselves, you know, has lost some money, um, we ask them to do two things. One, contact your bank and contact the police. And then we will do absolutely everything we possibly can to help. Yeah. You know, no guarantees can be made. And we have, um, you know, lots of experience, uh, lots of resources in order to do that. Um, but our message today is, you know, do everything you possibly can not to find yourself in that position. Mm. Just as a slightly more um, personal question, I mean, I don't know whether there's a particular kind of um, fraud or a particular kind of set of cases that, that, that really affected you or, or, you know, you found particularly sort of shocking. I think it's very, I can't, I'm not really able to talk about any specific sure. investigations, but um, I think f all the frauds I deal with, every single fraud I deal with, there is a victim. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's been impacted by that fraud and fraud can have a real emotional impact on some people. It can push people further into debt. It wipes out their life savings. You know, um, it causes problems within families. It, it lowers your self-worth. You feel embarrassed. You feel like you've been tricked. You feel quite alone. Um, so fraud isn't a faceless um, crime. It's, it's, it impacts a lot of people. And, it's, and that impact um, is quite severe sometimes. 
Um, so, um, I mean, I've spoken about the property scams we deal with, the um, crypto scams we're dealing with. We've got invoice scams. We've got investment scams. We're dealing with frauds and scams on a daily basis. Um, so I couldn't really go into any specific investigation. But, uh, but yeah. Um, I don't think I need to add much to that. Sure. Um, fraud wrecks lives, uh, and it does, and we see it in Jersey. Uh, and so anything that either the police... Uh, or the Fraud Prevention Forum uh, and others can do to, you know, to prevent and to help people not finding themselves in that situation, we will continue to do so. Yeah, okay, great. And sort of as a final parting note, um, I wonder whether you should just kind of explain to people uh, what they should do if they feel that they're sort of the victim of a fraud um, and maybe just spell out how they can, how they can kind of better protect themselves from, from fraudulent activity. Well, basically, if anyone feels that they've been scammed or defrauded, uh, like Chris said earlier, straight away contact the bank because the bank have a, a, their processes that they can follow. Um, then contact the police. Um, do everything you can to report what's happened to you. Don't be embarrassed. Um, come forward and we will help you as best we can. Um, and like we say, if, if, if you're looking at an investment opportunity online or, or anything like that, do your homework, do your research, go on Google. Um, see if there are any warnings on the FCA website. Um, just do everything you can just to double-check everything and triple-check everything. Mm. Uh, and I think my, my top tips would be um, uh, as simple as uh, sort of avoid uh, talking to, to cold callers, whether that be uh, on the telephone um, or something that is just, you know, popped up in your, in, in, in your browser. Um, do the due the due diligence that we've spoken about. Do do your research. Um, fraudsters will often use a reputable name, so be very wary of that. Reputable people and companies don't ask for your personal details uh, or bank account details. Um, don't be pressurised. Mm -hmm. They are looking to create confusion. They are looking to pressurise you to make a decision there and then. You know, Be very wary about that. Uh, and if in any doubt at all... Change the mode of communication. Um, uh, halt, the, you know, halt either the phone call uh, or indeed the um, the environment in which you're sort of operating in. Change that communication uh, in order to check. Um, and unfortunately, be cautious. Thank you to financial investigator Faith Shalomon and Chief Inspector Chris Beachy for taking the time to shed some light on the effects of fraud and how you can avoid it. To stay alert of all the latest frauds and scams, do visit the Jersey Fraud Prevention Forum's website. If you feel you've been the victim of a scam, don't hesitate to contact the police. Don't forget to visit bailiwickexpress.com or pick up a copy of your local JEP.